I try to come with unique situations to where I'm not just a service-based business, but I'm a solution-based business. Welcome back to another episode of the Skid Steer Nation podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Deemer. And we have a guest today that I've had the pleasure of knowing a little bit for the last few years. I've been really excited to connect with him. We have tried numerous times over the last six or eight months, and our schedules just didn't line up. And finally, this week, they did. He's from down in the Georgia area. So you Southern boys, look out. Here he comes. Before we introduce him, I do want to take just a half a second and remind all of you that skidsteernation.com is your source for high-quality American-made skid steer attachments. We actually vet and interview the manufacturers. We make sure their quality standards are up to our par, their customer service is there to match, and that the equipment that we offer on our website is perfect for excavation company owners because it's going to last a long time, provide you with a great return on investment, and give you wonderful finishes so customers keep calling you back for more and more. So if you're looking for new attachments to do work more efficiently, faster, or offer new services, head over to skidsteernation.com. All right, well, no further ado, I've got my good friend Eugene Stevens on the on the call today. Eugene, how are you today, man? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Like I said in the intro, man, I've been excited to connect with you. I mean, we talked for a couple hours, like a couple, couple years ago, and I, I really enjoyed that conversation. I've been following you. We've been friends on the social media channels and I've uh, been watching your work over the last few years. So when we finally got the interview scheduled, I was pretty excited to have you on. Me too. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Big fan. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, man. So yeah, you're you're more of a single owner operator with some side help from time to time when you need it still, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And you've, been, you've got what, about four, almost five years of uh, full-time work doing this? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've been at it about five years. Currently, at this very moment, due to the economy, I'm currently part-time, but I work for a small excavation company here and, uh, in Macon, and so he knows about my business, so if I need to take off for a couple of days to do jobs, and I also have access to the, some of the equipment that we have on the job. So I pretty much drive trucks, move equipment, uh, run equipment, basically a little bit of everything nice and so you and you've been doing this quite a while i mean there's a lot of tasks that you know how to do inside and out have you learned anything new since you started working with another excavation company like little tips or tricks or nuances i i I truly have um coming from the residential side we do a lot of commercial work so i'm learning a lot about in the commercial work bidding by the cubic yard letting your foot on your pipe i'm also learning scheduling. Uh, Even on my small residential jobs, down to the smallest detail, the day before I like to schedule everything. I make sure my trucking is lined up. I make sure all my materials are on the job. I don't want to hope that the next morning when I go get it, it's there. It needs to be there. Time is of the essence. And so I learned by on the commercial side that it's more important than anything because if we get held up on the excavation side, we basically hold all the other subs up. So it's very important from the smallest job to make sure you have your schedule and you try to eliminate as many surprises as possible. Yeah. And, and you're seeing you're incorporating that more into your your business now, too, yes, even sir. though it only affects really you. Right. Time right. Is money, right. That's right. That is right. That's right. And, I, and have you noticed that it makes the customer experience better also like 
less hiccups, less things to explain or apologize. And like the customers just seem happier at the end of the job. That's correct. And I think a lot of times when my I talk to my customers, it's the professionalism, you know, trying to eliminate, see problems. When people hire us, they hire us as the professional. So when I go to the job site, I usually try to uh, arrive like 30 minutes before the customer so I can kind of look at the lay of the land. As I drive to the job, I pay attention to sharp turns. You know, am I, am I going to have trouble getting in and out the job? If I have dump trucks coming, you know, are, are there any signs to say no trucks, you know, things of that nature? If I'm a bush hog in an area, I usually go to the next door neighbor and let them know, hey, we're going to have some construction going on between the hours of this time, just to let you know. If I work on the weekends, uh, a lot of times I won't start work to around about 8.30 or 9 to give people time to get up, you know, with the day. Some people want to sleep in. So you got to be mindful of things, little small details of things like that when you're dealing, you know, even with the smallest job. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's wonderful words of advice for, for anyone out there listening. It's we get so fixated on our job that we forget about the surrounding people and even our customers and what, right. what's best for them. That's right. And when you can incorporate that into your work style, it just makes their experience so much better. And hopefully the word of mouth expands even farther. That's correct. That is very correct. Yeah. What was, a? what are some jobs you've been doing lately? Like for, with your business? Uh, mostly we do a lot of uh, where uh, we have a lot of guys coming in buying old houses and they're going to do uh, renovation flips. So a lot of these houses have been abandoned for years and uh, we come in and clear around them, um, kind of get a nice rough grade so that subs can come in and don't have to worry about, you know, snakes and bugs and rodents and stuff like that. Uh, clean up a lot of trash and things like that. Uh, I do a lot of driveway installs and driveway repairs. Um, let's see, we do a lot of covert, uh, put in new coverts and also covert replacement. Um, I do a lot of like debris cleanup. Um, just a lot of my jobs are just kind of like, I love it different day to day. Uh, it's never the same thing. Um, we do a lot of drainage corrections and those are some of my favorite, uh, but also some of the most challenging jobs that I do. Which is probably why they're your favorite, because, you know, anyone worth their salt likes a challenge from time to time. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. And so I find that when I when I do jobs, I let my customers come with me and they'll come and I say, well, what's your issue? Why did I get the call from you? So they'll say, well, I have a driveway and every time I put rock on it and somebody come to repair it six months later, I got the same problem over and over and over again. And by the time I get in touch with, I can already see the frustration. So the first thing I do, I walk and I say, we gotta figure out what the problem is. Water flows downhill. So we gotta find out where the water's coming from and how do we control it? And sometimes the most challenging thing is water has to go somewhere. So we can't just send it to your neighbor yard and we can't just send it in the street. We got, so we. I try to come with unique situations to where I'm not just a service-based business, but I'm a solution-based business. And that's I think that's key word, man. Yeah. That's a key word. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Because people have a problem. And that's at the end of the day, every job you do, they have a problem that they don't have the tools or the experience to handle themselves or the time. That's right. That's right. And they and want the most, a solution to it. 
That's right. And the most satisfying thing for me is people moving their house and they've been having this issue for 10, 15 years, and then you're able to solve it. And they can move on to something else that they had on their bucket list to get done at their house. Because a lot of times your house is your biggest prize possession. And so to be able to do that, and I have people who have, they bought the house, they've been there 10 years, and they're paying taxes on two acres, but they're only using an acre and a half. And then you can able to come and clear it and they can maintain it. And just to look on their face like, wow, like we really can have family reunions here in the backyard now and I have to go somewhere else. So to be able to see that my customers are satisfied and they're astounded and they go and they telling their friends and family about you, that, that says a lot. and it, it means a lot to me. Yeah. And I love hearing that because I, I think a lot of owners, we lose track of that. We get so fixated on the dollars. Right. And the number of work that we kind of forget about the customer and the client. That's right. But if we, you know, I found that the more I care about the customers and clients, the actual better job I do. That's right. That's right. And and everything just kind of works its way naturally is from like their satisfaction to their word of mouth. They're giving, you know, they're more willing to give you a review. You can ask them for referrals if they know whether neighbors or family or friends in the area that have similar problems that you can go contact. And it just, you know, all all stemming because you actually cared about the client at the end of the day. That's that's right. That's right. That's right. That's very, yeah. very true. So one of the things you really, you talked about, you know, and it took you a little while at the beginning, you said, but you've really f- got focused on knowing your numbers. That's right. And I'm just curious, like you were talking about the different services that you offer, like you, you know, they're, they're all geared towards the residential homeowner, but there's quite a variety between gravel driveways and drainage and land clearing. How difficult was it for you to get your numbers dialed in for different services? Uh, it was pretty difficult. Um, you never. Uh, have it down to a science. I find that for me, since I'm my own operator and, you know, we're going through a labor shortage now where it's hard to find good help. So I don't know where I read it at, but I learned that I can get more bang for my buck if I focus on the equipment to do the job, to be efficient on the job and the attachments to do so instead of doing, uh, like, for instance, chainsaws, I have guys to help me, but they really can't use a chainsaw effectively. So I bought a tree shear to limit the use of, you know, the chainsaw. Another thing uh, about knowing my numbers is just basically being efficient on the job. Like I said, from every minor detail, when I get to the job, I walk through the job, put fresh eyes on it. Cause a lot of times we'll estimate these jobs and sometimes it could be a week or two or even a month before you start the job, put fresh eyes on it, look at it, take some time out to just figure out what will be the best course of action. And I keep track of everything. When I start, I write down my start meter and I'll say, well, I got to take out five trees. How quick can I get these trees down? I get them down, stop my timer, all right, I got to trim them up. So I get out with the chainsaw. How long? Do, so I basically try to get my man hour and my machine hours down. And from that point on, I kind of start to see how much my fuel I use. If I bring in a load of dirt, I estimate four loads. Ended up taking three. Then I kind of keep all that, you know, and uh, kind of keep it in check. So it takes time and, and, and it constantly changes, especially with the way now, uh, price of a bucket would would probably cost a good bucket would cost you 
maybe $18,000, $2,000, where now it's almost about double that now. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 always a, a ever-changing thing, but you just got to kind of be in the ballpark. Know that you're not losing money is the key. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, the one thing a lot of operators that I find or owners forget is like, there's a hard cost to owning that machine, that truck, that trailer, the insurance, like those numbers don't change. Like if your loan payments, 700 a month, it's 700 a month, whether it leaves the lot or doesn't. That's right. So like a lot of times these guys don't calculate the hard cost numbers per hour. That's right. That's right. And I think that's where the people that you see make small margins or lose money. And I really feel it goes back to not knowing the hard numbers, not so much estimating the labor hours of that's a right. job. That's right. Correct. Um, what did you do to like dial in your hard numbers? Uh, as far as my hard numbers, um, what I would do is I would, like my 550, um, I keep track of everything. I basically took my, my insurance costs and I try to break, it's hard to do it, but I try to break everything by, on my truck, everything by the mileage, you know, by the mileage. And I'll set a, I would rate for the truck, you know, on the job. When I get to the job, uh, on my machine, I basically got my fuel and got everything, my insurance, um, everything down to the tag on the truck, my business license, everything. And I got it dialed into my hour on my machines, even the note when I had my machine payment. My machine paid for, I still pay the same payment because that machine is going to have to be replaced. Um, so I got everything down. And a lot of times with me, I just do straight day rates for my truck and my machines. I just do day rates. Um, and I find it works great for me because I have specialized attachments and equipment so that I'm able to get in there and do a job quick, efficient, and we gone. And I have, in the in the time that I've been in business, I only had two callbacks and it was not for a problem dealing with us on the job. Nice. So, and you never run into customers complaining that you are giving them a day rate. So they're assuming eight hours of work and you're done in four and a half. No, I never, I never, I, I bid it straight by the job. Uh, a lot of times I, I see a lot of problems on certain jobs, but because I have the experience, I kind of can navigate. I haven't found a job yet that I couldn't do or had to have help, um, you know, to do it. So I've been in it a long time and I pay attention and I'm always learning from YouTube. I, I never get complacent that I know everything about cutting a tree down. I'm always watching the, the, the you know, the guys that know how to do it. So I think if you start, people got to understand that you got to continue to invest in learning. You know, the technology change day to day, always be on the curve. Even if it's you're not interested in buying another attachment, Know what's out there, because you never know. You get on a job like, wow, I wonder, could we do this? Oh, there's attachment for this. So um, I think that what helps me. I'm always learning. Yeah, my my father-in-law is a perfect example of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's retired, and he has a, a separate building in his backyard. It's just a massive woodworking shop. And uh-huh. every Sunday, we have dinner as a family, Sunday night dinner. And every Sunday, he's got his laptop on his lap while we're waiting for dinner and he's watching like wood turning videos or a video on a guy milling a tree. Right. Like he's, but I mean, I'm, I, you know, he's picking up little nuances to make right. him better at what he does by watching all those other guys do that. That's right. Right. I love it. And so I don't see myself really doing anything else 
So for me, learning is not exactly learning. It's just, it's just, I love it. And, and to see that when I find something new, I'm like, what? you know, I'm just ecstatic about it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. And I think it's great. I mean, I think we sometimes we do get so caught up in running the business and operating that and balancing our personal life that we get stagnant. We just continue to do something the same way. That's right. And yet we're always wanting a different result. And it's literally the definition of insanity is doing That's something right. the correct. same way and expecting a different result. That's correct. That's correct. But unless you find a mentor or something online or, you know, there's God in today's world, we have access at our, literally our fingertips. Really? I mean, it, it's, for me, when I finally figured out YouTube, um, that was one of the greatest things. Cause you, you, and I like to watch people from other areas. Like I, I'll give an example, logging. I'm fascinated with logging, but to see how they log like up North somewhere where they, even when it rains swamp, they got track machines, you know, down here we use rubber tire cutters, but up there they use everything on track. So where if it rains here in Georgia, we shut down. Up there, they keep working. And I was like, well, why? I wonder why nobody ever thought about just taking the track machines from up there, breaking here. And you could be the only one working when everybody else is, you know, yeah. can't. And things like that, I just look at how we do everything different. Um, same thing about, uh, like, land clearing. I always, right now, I do small land clearing jobs. But I'm always thinking about, as I grow my business, what is available? What's out there? What techniques? Just like with, I try to take what I learned on the commercial side and put it toward the residential side because the closer you can get to your numbers, right now bidding is so competitive. I mean, if you're off by a dump truck load, load of dirt, that could be the difference between you getting a job and somebody else getting a job. So for me, I can go in and actually shoot grade and know down to the T how much dirt I'm actually going to need. And so I talk to my trucking company, I can tell them, hey, send me 12 yards, 13 yards, 16 yards to make sure I have enough. And that a lot of times that's how I end up winning bids. You know, the, the smallest number could be the difference between getting the job and not getting the job. Yeah. Just and, and, a I number think, out there. and I think you with you bringing that up, like, let's dive into that a little bit. Like, we have, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go have coffee, where you eat lunch, whatever else. Like, people are like concerned about what 2024 is going to bring. You know, we're in. We're on the brink of potentially being involved in two wars overseas. We've right. got a Senate and a House of Representatives that's an absolute utter mess. Right. A president that you either, I don't know if anyone loves them, but they just deal with them or hate them. And like, we don't know, like, even I, like, I consider myself pretty astute. I'm like, who knows where next year brings us? You know, the interest rates keep climbing up. That's and I right. think this is where it's going to be really important to know your numbers and provide right. a ton of value in your estimates and bids. Because that's right. Like, do you see the number of job opportunities being smaller next year than they were this year with customers? I do. I I see things. It's crazy. During the summertime, I was kind of slow. And it's amazing now doing what's supposed to be the slow season, I'm getting busy. And I see that I'm doing a lot more bids and the number of me actually getting the jobs. And I'll tell you another thing. A lot of time now, I will look at a job, and three months later, the customer finally called and said, hey, I'm ready to get the job done. So the money, it's taking people a little bit more time to get the money up. Um, 
which is fine. I'm I'm a consumer myself. For me, the way I try to adjust my my business is, like I said, I try to invest in things that I feel like attachments. Um, You and I both know how important attachments is to our industry. I try, I have found uh, an attachment that can actually turn a uh, grapple horizontal that you can go up to a tree and grab a tree and hold it just like a fellow buncher. Things like that can allow you to do jobs that normally you have to have a whole crew to do, somebody to go up, you know, on on a lift to cut the limbs off. You know, little things that we can do to bring in a better return on investment, but not have to try to find, hire, people not showing up, it just, it just, it just in this economy, it just, it, it just a lot, and nobody really knows. I really want to add a mini H to the business, but I, I got attachment that I'm just getting by with my ski steer, and you know, if I get busy enough to where that mini X justify me owning it, then when it when I come to that point in that that crossroads, I'll do that. But right now, I'm just keeping the ski steer keeping my attachments, just trying to stay a small footprint and just wait out and see what's going to, what's going to yeah. happen. I, in my heart of hearts. And, and it's, it's the reason I always feel this way is because it feels counter counterintuitive to do this. But I always find that when times get a little tougher, if you get more focused on fewer services, right. You actually get busier. That's right. That's right. You know, so instead of offering land clearing, water drainage, driveways, this, that, like we just focus on drainage and driveways and then we're not going to do like, this is an example. I'm not telling you how to run your business, but like, I find guys that do that get a lot busier. Right. Right. Um, Because it's almost like a customer knows exactly who your business is. That's right. And when they need a driveway repair, you're number one on the list. Like you're the guy in the area, right? So they actually stay busier. And I always use the reference point too, like a company that specializes in septic systems has all the equipment to do just about any job around a residential house, but nobody calls them for it. That's right. That's right. That's actually something that I'm pursuing next, um, getting myself to install this license. I saw you just had to remove a tree for for a lady that had a septic system that needed to replace because of the roots of the tree. Yes. Was that kind of what inspired that, or have you been thinking about it before that? I've been thinking about it before. It was, I actually been helping some guys that do septic. And so I've actually been shadowing them, just learning to install. I don't like to go into nothing kind of, you know, blindly. I like to take yeah. my time and, and, and learn. And uh, so it's something that I'm actually passionate about, the septic, getting in there, Digging your tank, making sure your tank level—it's something about it. The complex of the system sometimes intrigues me, you know. And it's it's recession proof, you know. You gotta you, you gotta have it. And it's so it's recession uh, proof as long as you live in the right area. Like if you right. live in downtown that, Chicago, you're gonna go out of business. That's I mean, right. You're exactly right. So uh, that's something that I, that I, and I have my utility foreman's license. So I'm also going to get the contractor license. So I want to kind of specialize in sewer and septic. It'll be something I kind of want to try to transition into. I think and that's something amazing. Here, yeah, yeah. And so. you've got enough. Like, so like we did the same. We worked with an excavation company here in Peoria, Illinois. And last year, they decided to do the same thing you're talking about and switch from being general excavation company uh-huh. to being focused on septic systems. Okay. And what we did was we basically just did some research. I actually had them do research, but they went and looked at 
like how many houses in your service area? One, how big is your service area? Are you willing to drive two hours, one hour, 40 minutes? Like what's your service area? And then how many houses in that service area actually have a septic system versus city sewer? That's right. 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 And then the third question I asked them is like, how many companies are doing septics in the area with an owner under the age of 55? Because what you find is like, I find, especially in a lot of markets, the septic system guys have been doing it for 30 years and they're on the brink of retirement, man. Right. Like they're ready to get out. Right. It's not a young man's game right now. It's an older man's game that's set because they had the equipment, they had the knowledge. They've got the, that's just who people call, right? Like you just always call that for yourself and you're going to see a swing transition. But if you already noticed like, oh man, there's four companies in my area and all the guys are 35. How are you going to differentiate yourself from them? Or are you just going to be another fifth one in the pool? That's right. Makes sense. But you know, if, if they're all 55, 60 years old, man, I would go buddy up to those guys try to make them my mentor right a lot of those guys they're picking and choosing jobs now right that's right but maybe they'll throw you a bone on some stuff or some repair work or whatever and like start getting you going because what you find especially with older business owners they don't give a shit about competition anymore right they've already done it that's right that's right um but yeah i i think that's fantastic and like finding recession-proof services it's going to be important over the next 12, 24, possibly 36 months, in my opinion. That's correct. Very much so. You know, that guy that wants that extra half acre for family reunions. Right. He might figure out how to make it work on an acre and a half. That's right. Want to spend the money. Like, it's not a need. It's a want. That's right. That's right. No, I love what you're doing, man. And speaking of that, one of the things that you told me that you've been doing is really successful. And I don't hear a lot of guys talk about this for your marketing. Mm-hmm. Is you just love to go Facebook Live? <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's uh, it's kind of crazy because on the Facebook Live thing, how that came up about is I didn't have a grow a GoPro camera, so I tried to film with my camera on my phone, and a lot of times it won't. I spent so much time trying to edit it, so I was like, well. How about I go Facebook Live? And I was thinking about it for a minute. I said, well, the downside to it, if anything goes wrong, is live. And I'm like, well, you don't see that often. People need to see both sides. They need to see the good. They need to see the bad. So I'm like, what the heck? So I tried Facebook Live, and I didn't really expect anything from it. I I love what I do. I just want to share it with anybody who would watch it. And so I shared it. I did it, and I shared it. And I started getting phone calls. People were like, man, wow, what kind, of, what kind of machine is that? Like, man, like, and then I would get people would send requests like, okay, what is it actually doing? So I would stop and point the head down so they could see the teeth on. Like, wow, man, that's like, how do you change? And it, it just became a big conversation piece. And it's something that I love doing. And it really took my business like to a whole nother level. I've got jawed by people just wanting to see the machine work. So it's been amazing. Yeah, I love that. I I read that. I'm like, oh, we're definitely talking about that on the show. Like nobody goes Facebook Live, whether it's their insecurities of being live and not wanting to talk. Right. Or their fear or they're just busy not thinking about it. But it's really people love seeing something they don't know how to do, which is why YouTube's so popular. Right. Right. So to be able to share that and then you, to take a, just a moment and like, oh, this is how the front of the head of the mulcher looks or this, right. this is how that works there. Like, like, yeah, you've left a mark on that person. 
That's right. That's right. And you get to see everything in real time. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you see this tree standing and in less than two minutes it's gone. Where did it go? And so for me, I think that's something I think that people need to see, even when you have the breakdowns and stuff and see you trying to repair it and stuff like that. You know, this is just, I think people can kind of respect what we had to go through to learn this skill. Cause this skill didn't just come overnight. You know, we learned it over a period of time. We learned it through trial and error. And I think for me, it kind of, I try to find everything as a teaching moment for my customers. You know, yes, this jobs look, you know, the job look great. And I saw the problem for you, but we had to invest a lot to get here and to do this. And this is what goes into it. It's a lot of thought process that goes shooting great. Some, some guys I know, I've learned it now, and I remember when I first started, I, I just gleaned for the day that I could see grade. And to finally now come on a job and I can see where I have to cut in and I can take the high side and cut it into the low side and just actually see that those skills that people tried to give me and teach me, I'm starting to, you know, really catch on to it and really start to come full circle. So also, I remember when I started, I used to ask guys, you know, hey, questions like you know what would be the best machine for this what would be the best and now i get the same requests from other people who see what i and it, it, you know to be able to be a mentor to someone else and i think that for me i love what i do and for anybody that has the same love for the industry you know i'm here to help and try to do you know do it in industry or service yeah i didn't even say that. you that's perfect what you just said because i think so many people stop and forget to give back to the next generation that's right you know and what a waste of skill and knowledge if we're not going to share it with somebody else that's right that's right and and i always found myself like when i think i know how to do something really well if i teach somebody how to do it then i then i get really i get, I get even better at it that's right that's mm -hmm. right you know to me it's like the final phase of like you know really understanding and knowing something is to teach it that's right that's right so I, 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 I totally agree. Yeah. In fact, the local university here, they have what they call the small business development center. And if anyone out there owns a business and like you're struggling with knowing the numbers, setting up the, it doesn't matter. There's a small business development center in just about every mid to major town in the United States. And I highly recommend using them as a resource. It's free. It's provided for by the small business association. I've personally been working with them for eight years. But so now they've actually came back to me. And so now next month, I have to go present two evenings in a row, two evenings in two different weeks, two weeks in a row, storytelling for social media posting, and then using artificial intelligence software to improve your storytelling to connect with consumers. So now I went from being a student to like basically being a teacher to other business owners in the area. That's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. But but again, like it is because of our willingness to be like, hey, this is something that helps. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, right? Like operating in business is operating a business that's your bookkeeping your bookkeeping your marketing your marketing that's right your sales or your sales in fact eugene like do you have a sales process like if you go to a job site and you're going to present a bid do you kind of have like a, a framework or a, a loose script that you know you want to follow so you don't forget anything um not necessarily um like i said a lot of times i like to get to the job 30 minutes earlier um, to kind of lay my eyes on it, pay, you know, just, and a lot of times as I go, I ask the customer, I say, well, what is your problem? 
You know, what, what, what can I help you with? So they'll start explaining. And a lot of time you can kind of already kind of see, and I'll talk with them. I'll listen to them. I listen to them talk. I'll let them tell me what their problem is. You know, I listen to their frustration and I'll say, well, okay, these are the solutions that I would suggest. And I say, I'm always going to give you the solution that if I lived here and I had your problem, this is how I would go about it. And I would talk with them. And I would, after I talk with them about their problem, I also point out other things and stuff like that. And I found that people really like the professionalism, you know, and I, 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 and if a customer wants me to do something that I feel like won't be beneficial to them, I won't just do it. I will say, well, we can do, cause we can do what you want to do, but it's not going to solve the problem. And I would very, I would very much like, to fix this than to keep coming back out and let you, you know, waste your money. Like a lot of times people use the wrong materials. Five, seven rocks on driveway where it's it's gonna do nothing but wash the rock away. I mean, you know, not knowing that you can use crush, something with, you know, that you can compact and things like that, uh, change the direction on uh, from the water from a driveway. Uh, so. I usually just listen to my customers and just kind of let my experience give them the, you know, just right course of action, you know, and it, it usually works for me um, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Like one of the things we always talk about, and, and I learned this from, I don't know, not, not the excavation industry, but guys right. that were selling very large ticket products and services, you know, like understanding what the customer's problem is, which is exactly how you're starting your conversation. Right. The next thing they do is, what would make this successful when the work's completed? Like, so we can understand their expectations of what, you know, like you had that customer says, if my driveway doesn't look this way today is the way it does today in six months from now, I'd be happy. Right. Right. So now we can set, and the reason we do that is so we can frame at the end of the conversation. So just to reiterate, this is the problem that we're having. This is the result that, that you're looking for that you want to be happy with. And then we can go into the value of what your business offers, how you offer it, the guarantees, if you have any of that, and then the price point that solves the problem they're having and gives them exactly what they're looking for. That's correct. That's because correct. Because the more times you can get somebody to say yes during a conversation, it's just human psychology. Like they're, it's easier for them to say yes at the end. That's correct. That's correct. And on my driveway jobs and my drainage job, I offer warranties. A lot of mm. people don't, but I'm pretty confident in. If the customer does it to the plan that I incorporate, I haven't had a call back yet. Yep. So, and, and, and Eugene, what I find is a lot of guys that don't have that guarantee or warranty. I ask them, I'm like, if you went back, if, if a customer called you four months from now and it says, Hey, there's a massive pothole right in the middle of my road, would you go fix it? And they go, yeah. And I go, then why aren't you listing that out as a warranty or a guarantee? Like, that's right. You're, all you're doing is not communicating to them that you're going to service them for a time period after you do the work. That's right. That's so right. Why not build it out as a guarantee or a warranty, however you want to put it in. That's right. That's right. You know, that sense of security and that sense of professionalism, because like I said, you know, we're the professionals, you know, if we got to stand behind the work that we do and, you know, that, that's, that's why I named my company after me. You know, after myself, you know, um, I believe in integrity. I try to be a person that I help. If I can help you, whether that's, you know, 
monetary or whether it's just giving you advice, that's what that's what I'll do. So it keeps me honest and it keeps, you know, let my let the people that I work for know that, you know, what you're getting is me. You're getting me. I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do. And I wanted to show in my work. And I want to show in my equipment and in my truck. You know, my my skits here is 2010. AC works on it, heat works on it. Everything works as it should. Only thing I need to change is some LED lights on it. But other than that, it, it's a jam up machine and I, I service it. I keep I'm I'm real OCD, so I can't like I can't run it with one light out. Like I'm, I'm gonna have to fix that light. So even my work truck, it's a 2001, but AC work, heat work. I mean, I don't have a cut in the seats on the inside. Like I just don't, I just don't believe in that. I just believe in if you take care of it, it takes care of you. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Right. We talked about that with a guy. I don't know a year or so ago, but just the difference between having something that's ten or fifteen years old but it's well maintained and up. And the upkeep is noticeable right. versus having something that's a year old with mud packed in the tracks. The, you know, the, the glass is filthy. It's dusty from the last job you did. Like I'd rather hire the guy with the older equipment that takes care of it than the new equipment that looks like garbage. That's right. That's right. For sure. 100% for sure. And like I said, I, I, I myself, even on this, I, my machine is used for working, but every time I make sure I clean my tracks out, it just, you know, I do that also. One thing about me, when it rains, I do a lot of residential jobs. I make sure it's dry because I don't want to spend most of the day trying to clean up what I fixed. You know, so I tell my cousin a lot of time, I like to give it two days to dry, you know, before we. And we also, when we do land clearing, a lot of time we're clearing one section of a yard, not the whole yard. I will come in with a brush cutter and cut a work area and we will stay within one area of the yard, not to mess up the rest of the yard. Cause you already got to wait for one part of the yard to get grass on it. We don't want to track across. And so little things like that. That's why I say you take the smallest job and you come with the commercial mentality of planning that job up to where you cause the least amount of damage, um, but you have the most effectiveness, you know, you know, just be mindful, you know, um, things like that. My cutter head, when we come and cut, we try to cut only in the direction there's no houses, nothing like that. Now, you can't, obviously, you know, things will pop off the ground, but we try to make sure we cut in one simple direction, you know, things like that. So, and we all let the neighbors know, hey, we're going to be cutting. Just want to let you know, just in case you got somebody in the yard, a piece of debris might fly. Um, so... Things like that goes a long way of being professional and being courteous. And, you know, you come into a lot of neighborhoods and you don't do that. Ah, well, you know, you shot something over my yard, da, 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 da. Now you got a problem. So if they kind of knew, they're kind of like, well, he told me that there was a change. And then we have to go pick it up. We'll pick it up, you know, stuff like that. So, yep. I love that, man. And if you take that approach to the small jobs and, and you can do four small jobs in a day. Right. So the guys that say, I don't leave the house for X amount of dollars. I'm like, why don't you just stack three of those into one day? It's just the same as getting the rate that you want for another job. And then you have three happy customers instead of one. That's correct. Because I mean, I'm, like, what you find, especially residential work, right? Like if you say, hey, I can't clear that section of the yard until next Wednesday, nine times out, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they'll say that's okay. Yes. yes. Like it's not a commercial project where the next guy's waiting for you to get the work done. That's right. That's right. 
right? That's so right. there's no reason you can't go find one or two more in a five mile radius. That's correct. And then stack them on the same day. That's right. That's right. Because now you minimize your hauling fees, you minimize your load time, like like all of the things that are hard costs we talked about earlier. We can right. we can you know separate those out over and like why drive forty minutes three times? We can drive forty minutes once and then ten minutes around the area and then forty minutes home. That's correct, and that's the efficiency. And like we were saying about the economy, these these are small things that have been owners. We're going to have to learn to adjust on how we can you know, figure out efficient ways to kind of save ourselves, but still keep the our customers happy. Like a lot of times now, that's what I do. If I go look at a bunch of estimates, I'll look at a bunch of estimates and I'll figure out, okay, well, I try to schedule everything. If I'm going to be working on one side of town, we'll try to knock everything out on that one side of town, move to the next. So we don't do a whole lot of, going back and forth and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing, estimates. Uh, in this industry, mostly everybody has a diesel truck. Mostly everybody. So what I found when I go do estimates, instead of going in my diesel, sometimes it's better to go in my little pickup, little gas guzzler, and I'll pick all my estimates, and I'll go estimate to estimate, estimate to estimate, just to save on those 19.5 tires going up and down the road. And so for me, I drive my work truck is strictly when I go to work. You know, that just, it, it has to, every mile has to be a paying mile. You know, in this economy, these are things that we got to start to think about. Yeah, we were we were blessed the last few years where we didn't have to be cautious of the little things. Right. You know, like we're doing the same thing in our business. Like, we you know, we're, we're more online marketing, sales and all that. Like, we're looking at all the areas that we've got all that extra fat that we've allowed to get into the business the last few years. And we're not so much cutting it to stop spending money. Right. I'm actually looking at it like, all right, what are we wasting? And in what areas could we actually put more money into that would give us correct. a better return on investment? That is correct. That is correct. Um, you know, if I can free up $700 a month and then add that to my marketing budget to get an extra 4,000 people to our website, I'd rather do that than just hold the 700 back. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, we sell one more attachment and we make that or more. So, you know, it's it's sometimes like I think business owners get stuck in that mindset of like cutting back to them means not spending money. That's right. When it really needs to be like, no, where can we be more efficient, which costs us less money as a business? And then where can we reallocate that money to improve our business? That's correct. Problem solving. Like I I got a funny story. So when I started my business, I had this 20 foot equipment trailer that I still own. Uh, but before I bought it, I was kind of going back and forth between a tilt trailer. Now, money-wise, I had the money already established for the 20 foot with ramps. But that 22 tilt gave me that two foot extra. And I was like, well, I wanted that 22 foot extra gonna really hurt anything for the price that I was gonna pay for it. So I said, nah, I'll be a little cheap and I'm gonna go with that 20 foot. So I went with the 20 foot and at the time it worked great. But as I start buying attachments, now I'm realizing, okay, if I got to carry my cutter head and my grapple and my bucket, can't carry everything at one time. What do I do? So I like, do I buy another trailer? Do I sell the one I got and buy another trailer? I thought about it. I said, hey, what if I put a platform on my trailer so I can stick the cutter head on the bottom and put another attachment on top 
turn the equipment the other way and keep a bucket on the other hand. I start Googling and I see that felon trail actually made a platform that you can get. So I went out to my lo local fab shop and had them make me a platform. So I spent an extra, you know, $350 in materials and I saw the problem. Still got the trailer to this day. Nice. And it works great. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I did not go cheap when I got the trailer. Like it was tilt deck, it was tilt deck or nothing. Cause I am not getting right. out to raise and lower ramps. Right, right. Um, that was more of a personal choice for me. But I was like, now nah, this thing's gonna be tilt. Like That's right. I don't need a big gooseneck trailer. I just need something to haul a skid steer and one or two attachments. It's gonna be right, tilt. right. If, now if I can rewind the hands of time, I would have went tilt deck all the way. <laughs> but you know, at the time, I was like, well, you know, what what's the, what's the point in ramps? It ain't no big. Yeah, that's a big difference. It, it, yeah. And then how many, I don't know how many times, like, we borrow a buddy's trailer, and he doesn't have, like, the spring-loaded pins. It's, like, the natural, like, a pin. Right. And you're like, where the hell did that fucking pin go? And like, you, That's right. That's right. Uh, it, it's funny. My front, my cousin, he bought a Big Tech dump trailer, and he wanted to get the one with the electronic, where, where it dropped the, the, the leg down electronic. And I'm like, man. Gotta pay three hundred dollars for that when you can just get the regular crank. To one day I got it. Uh, he had it fully loaded, and we had to try to crank it down. I said, "Yeah, that that that, that two hundred dollars is a good investment. <laughs> it's so, a good investment until it breaks, and then you're like, well, how do I get it well, up or down?' <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you know, it's it, it's it pros and cons to all of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We saw a lot of attachments that come either like a manual adjustment or a hydraulic adjustment. Right. And everyone's like, what's the difference? I'm like, how lazy you feel today? I mean, it's literally like it does the exact same job, but do you want to get out and spend three minutes unloosening two bolts and sliding the blades? Or do right. you just want to push a button in the skid steer? That's and, right. You know, for nine hundred dollars, nine out of ten is like, I'll take the hydraulic. The hydraulic. Like, time's right. money, man. Like that's right. You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And we even like a lot of people that don't own a business that just buy it for themselves. Even they're like, I don't want to get out. Like I'm already in it. I'm just going to stay. In it. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. We've become, we've definitely become a community of, uh, of, of easy. That's correct. Yeah, so, that, that is, that is correct. So what, what's your vision for 2024? You're going to probably, I'm assuming you're going to focus on what you need to get done to do septics. That's correct. Uh, septics, uh, septics and get my utility contractor's license. Like I said, uh, Probably going to do that. That's what my next focus is going to be. And then my son is 21 getting a CDL license, which is going to be great. And I already have a semi uh, because before I started doing this, I had a, a trucking company. So I have a semi and uh, I find a good deal on a, a low boy trailer, semi low boy trailer. So hopefully once I start doing septics, if I had to bring both machines, which normally you do, I could just put them on the semi and then my son could follow me in the 550 and then I drive the semi. So we'll have one complete unit to do jobs. We don't have to do all that going back and forth. Also, if we have to go outside of the our normal service area, which in this economy, we could have everything with us on one trip. So yep. that's kind of what I foresee in the foreseeable future. Do you foresee yourself like offering low boy services to other contractors in the area? Impossible. Yes, sir. Impossible. Yeah. Yes, sir. Nice. I'm only looking for opportunity. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 
I just, I mean, I, I have always have to do, I don't know about you, but when I look at new opportunities, I, I always have to sit down and like write it out. And I've got like a four square pa- piece of paper. I'll draw four squares in it and kind of like do like, you know, the SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. But I'm always looking at it like, is this a great opportunity or is this a distraction from what we currently offer? Right. You know, like if, if offering, so like for me, if I was in your shoes, I would do that situation for offering low boy services. <clears throat> like, are you the one that has to drive the semi or can your son drive it? You know, are you comfortable with him driving it with a hundred thousand, you know, with a $700,000 excavator that another company owns, or is it, you're not able to do another job and you have to like, what, what's the balance here, right? Like, is it a great investment for our business to grow it? Or is it actually going to distract me from getting more septic systems installed? Like that's, that's correct. You know, that that makes a lot of sense. And probably my son be the only one I probably would trust to drive my baby. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we run into some opportunities like a lot. Of, you know, the more active you are in your community and in your market, the more opportunities come your way. It's really not luck that brings opportunities. It's action. That's right. Right. So the more actionable items you're fulfilling, the more opportunities it's going to fall into your lap. And like I, in, over the last three years, like there's been a lot of opportunities that the previous Ryan 10 years ago would be like, yeah, let's do that. That's awesome. Right. The new Ryan that's went through maturation process now goes, that's a great idea, but it doesn't work with what I'm currently doing. And I'm going to have to divide my attention, which means neither one of them is going to get the attention they deserve. That's correct. And now my business is going to suffer trying to grow this opportunity. And it's just, I'm not the right guy for that position. That's right. That's right. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot and, of sense. And that we do the same thing with, with services too, you know, like, you can't offer 50 services because you're not going to be great at any of them. And then you're not right. going to, like, nobody knows who you are and what you do. So like, again, like dialing in, knowing exactly who you are, what your vision goal is, and then setting those goals and creating action items. So like if you've got a goal to get your septic license and utility contractor license, like what's the time frame that you want that done in? Um, right now I'm trying to get everything done um, before the work season. So I'm trying to have everything done about February, uh, March time so i'm studying and and stuff like that getting all my books and so i got a few classes that i'm gonna take to actually do uh like a, a steady prep so i'm gonna do a steady prep so i you know i read it myself but my my mind would analyze things three or four different ways so that's why i like to actually go and get hands on so before i started my business my trucking company i worked at a construction company laying pipe so i kind of have that's how i got the foreman's license so yeah. i have experience doing it um, but you know, things change so much. So I'm I'm just kind of working with contractors and kind of getting myself back into seeing how everything actually works and then studying at the same time. So I hope to have everything by February or March. Yeah. I mean, and for me personally, I know how I'm wired in my head. I would say I want it all done by February and then like the middle of January would come and I'd be like, oh my God. Right. I haven't done anything yet. Right. So <laughs> I personally, I personally have to break down that goal into action items. So like for me, I would have been like, all right, I need to have the study prep course ordered by this date. I need to have it completed by this date. I need to schedule the course for this day. Otherwise I won't hit my goal in February because That's I know right. myself, like I'll just like, Oh, I've got till February. I've got till February. Right. Right. I understand completely. I understand yeah. completely. So, so I got to break everything down into small action items. Right. So, get to the main goal. I understand yeah, that completely. We're actually converting our whole business to that mindset. So we've got our team members now have to fill out their daily tasks. Okay. And all those tasks have to be associated to an initiative that they're working on. Okay. 
like for you, like getting your license would be the initiative and okay. then all the tasks would be the steps you need to do in order to, to finish that initiative. Okay. So we're actually transitioning our entire business to that mindset and model. So we'll have initiatives, like we've got a, a software that we're using where we have all the initiatives for all, us individually and collectively as a team. Okay. And we have we can look at all the tasks that's upcoming, on track, behind schedule, and then we can kind of work as a team. So Marlon can look at Mercy and say, hey, I see you're behind schedule on this. What can I do to help you? Okay. You know, but, but, but again, like, otherwise we found like we got a lot of projects to the 10 yard line, but none of them oh, to the end zone. I got you. Makes sense. You know, makes sense. It's like we're doing our social media posting good, not great. Right. That's right. right. We're doing the podcast good. We're not creating the short clips to promote it and advertise it and get those out in different channels on a consistent basis. So now it's like, all right, the initiatives all change, the tasks change, and we're just starting to build processes for every area of our business. Okay. Because that allows me to keep things on track. Because otherwise, like, again, like we worked on a project four months ago and last week I found a file on our Google Drive and I'm like, shit we haven't touched that in three months and it's not completed yet like it's, right. it's 80 percent done like everything else like let's just what do we gotta do to wrap take it to the end zone that's right that's right this so, is my angle man eugene this has been an awesome conversation yeah man i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it yeah me too i think you know you you've got a lot of great experience for you personally i love that you know a lot of business owners don't have the humility to go you know what i'm gonna go work with somebody else again whether it's to fill time or to learn new operation procedures, like, you know, going into the commercial world and learning how to put that into the residential world. Right. A lot of guys will say, no, man, I own a business. I'm not working for anybody else. Like they've got, right. that, they've got that stoic, that proud. And you're like, no, we're not swamped as we're not as busy as we need to be. I don't know if we're going to be winter's coming. I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to use it to my advantage and learn how right. commercial companies do it. So I can make my residential business better. And I love that's that. right. That's right. You know, and all of this stuff is a stepping stone. So when you get to the commercial realm, you, you kind of got, you know, success is just being prepared. Right now, we have to be preparedness is the key. Being prepared, you know, being able to take information, decipher that information and make a conscious decision. And so long as you know that you got the, the right information and enough information, you can make a decision and kind of stand on it. And so yeah. for me, learning something that I don't know and learning it from someone who's willing to teach, you know, that, that, that's a prize within itself. So uh, I'm learning a lot. Like I said, uh, I, I, they bought a brand new truck. Um, so I drive a, a, a brand new semi pretty much with a dump trailer. I love it. And I, I learn a lot. I really do enjoy it. I mean, I went to, I had to move a, a, a track hole, uh to a job, a clearing job got to the clearing job and I was waiting on one of the operators to come and it was a slow day. So I'm waiting on them to get here and I'm like, hmm, I wonder where everybody at. So we had a brand new next gen 320. Never ran the 320 and a lot of guys didn't like it. So I'm like, I want to see what the fuss is about. And then I went out there and started clearing. Before you know it, I cleared a whole lot. Had everything piled up, ready to go. So boss man came down and he was like, Wow, well, they can just send one guy to do everything, you know, and it it helps me, and I'm learning, and I I, I, I love, I, like I said, I love it. So anytime I can get any equipment and 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 work, um, I love it. Yeah. So like I said, they work around my schedule. I, I can't beat it. 
Well, I, you know, you've got the number one secret sauce that any business that's going to be successful needs, and that's passion. That's right. So congratulations to you, man. Like nothing like nothing it. like loving what you do every day. That's right. I appreciate it. I appreciate so, it. That's fantastic. Well, Eugene, man, thanks so much for carving out some time for us and your schedule today. We truly appreciate having you on. Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation today and, and just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Glad, glad, yeah. glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, and if you guys are listening to this, and um, again, if you own a business or run a skid steer or whatever you need, attachments make the difference. Eugene said it numerous times, the right tool for the right job can make your life a lot easier and you can be more efficient with your time. So if you're looking for new ways to do better jobs, whether it be driveway repair, drainage issues, land clearing, whatever else, head over to skidsteernation.com. We have American-made high-quality attachments just for your business. So until next week, guys, take care.